Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show continues to grow ridiculously fast. We cracked the 35,000 subscriber mark last month, and we're growing faster than we've ever grown before. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to each of you for your ongoing support of the show. Now, one of the huge reasons our show continues to grow so fast is because week after week, we continue to get some of the greatest sales leaders in the world to join us. And this week, it's no different. This week, I'm bringing in another amazing guest, one that I've been kind of chasing for a while, and I'm excited to have on the show with me this week. Um, I'm really, really excited to have Katie McPhee join us. She spent 18 years in the tech and biotech world, and she's done it all. She's been the successful salesperson to a manager, to a director, to the VP, EVP. She sat in every single sales leadership role there is. She's helped build teams from scratch, helped these teams scale faster than anyone expected. And she's created ridiculously successful systems for companies of all sizes. Now, all along the way, she's turned her share of heads. She scooped up all the accolades. And now she started her own coaching firm for sales leaders. It's called Insights to Action, and I'm excited to learn more about it today. Her mission is to help new and aspiring leaders get to that next level and get there fast. If you can't tell, I am pumped to have this conversation with Katie today. Katie, so excited to have you. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I am too. We've got a really good conversation we're going to have that I think people are going to be really excited about. So thank you in advance for being willing to share some important stuff with a lot of people all around the world. Um, why don't we start uh, just by having you talk about you? I, I found you a long time ago on LinkedIn. I've been following you as a fan. I uh, watched you lead a team as an EVP, watched you have really great insights. Um, you just now transitioned to have your own firm to help sales leaders. Could you just share your story with us a little bit and kind of how you got rolling and what that led you to doing right now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, very early in my career, I knew I wanted to be a VP sales. That was always my my dream and my goal. And, you know, I had some early success. Uh, sales was, was the perfect career for me. Uh, it was a natural fit. I did really well. I loved it. Like, I actually thought to myself, 
I can't believe they're paying me to do this. You know, I thought that I would like pulling the wool over someone's eyes. Awesome. And so, you know, I moved into leadership. I had the opportunity to build a commercial org, which included sales, sales ops, and marketing. And nice. at that point, I was, I was a director of sales. And what happened next was sort of what made all of this, you know, happen later on, which is I got stuck. So I was stuck as a director of sales for around five and a half years. And I just couldn't break through to that VP level. And I asked my boss, our CEO, <laughs> repeatedly, like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I get there? And I really struggled with that. Like I was banging my head against the wall and I actually thought about switching careers, to be honest, I thought about going in the towel. I was like, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I'm not an executive. And, you know, what ended up happening was I, I, I had talked to a coach and he said, you know, I think you're just at the wrong place. And I ended up moving. Um, I ended up becoming a VP sales um, at a tech company and, and, and it was great. You know, I was really successful. I scaled that team significantly, but what this did was it made me really, really think about that whole process. Why was I stuck? How did I get unstuck? You know, what could I have done to make that happen sooner? And, and this whole issue of how people perceive leaders, right. And how we perceive ourselves. And so, you know, I joke that I've thought about this more than like anyone on the planet, uh, because of my own experience. And so, like I said, I, I went to full to full script as a VP, and then um, I was just at Evidence Partners as an EVP sales. Great, great experiences, but something inside was just telling me, like, I want to help newer, struggling leaders like I was. Mm-hmm. I want to take what I've learned through this whole process and then help them get there a little bit sooner through coaching, through you know, mentorship. Um, and so that's, that's why insights to action was born. Uh, the goal for my coaching company now is really to find people who are stuck in the place that I was and see if I can help get them unstuck. I love the mission because I think that that happens a lot. Um, there's, there's a couple of sides to this coaching coin. And I want to start with the one that you started with, because I think that that's going to get a lot of people's attention. I, I think that it happens a lot. I, I talk to a lot of people that are like, man, I'm a frontline manager. How do I get to be a director? Or I'm like, I'm a salesperson and I want to become a sales leader or, you know, I'm the director, like what you said, and I'm stuck here. And, you know, I, I like my job, but I want to, I want to advance and grow. Um, and, and very often when an opportunity comes, they'll see like the company go hire someone else, maybe inside the company, or I'm thinking of one of my clients right now, one of my clients uh, is the director and they were hiring someone as a supervisor and they were committed to um, hiring someone from within, which I think is a good thing. We'll talk about that. But when she chose who she chose, our whole coaching conversation is how do you handle the conversation with the person that you didn't choose? Right. So, so why is career coaching and, and career like growth potential and all that stuff? Why is that so difficult? Why is it so hard to make that? Can you start talking about your perspective on that? I think that's a good place for us to start today. Yeah, yeah. Um, really good question. You know, I think it, it partly has to do with knowing why you're stuck and having that self-awareness. And that's really hard for people, right? So, yeah. you know, if you can work with a coach or a mentor that can help you figure that out, it, it is just so valuable. But like it's, it's typically three things. It's either a skill deficit, right? So you're missing some skill that's going to, that, that you need to get to the next level. It's a perception issue, 
which means, hey, maybe you're there or you think you're there, but your boss doesn't think you're there. Leadership doesn't think you're there. And the third is some kind of limiting belief. So maybe you're just afraid to put yourself out there. You're afraid to make that move. And the issue with me that I, that I went through, and I think the issue that a lot of people are experiencing is number two. So it's a perception issue where they really believe they're there. They believe they've got these skills, but for whatever reason, their boss or their leadership team, it's just not perceiving them to be the leader that they believe that they are. And so that is an area that, that I really want to work with people on. So not only how do you act like a leader or think like a leader or believe in yourself, but how do you present yourself in a way that people look at you and say, this is somebody that I want to lead a team. That is awesome. I love your three thing, your three levers, skill, perception, limiting belief. This perception one I think is really real. And I, I want to dive into this because we, we got 30,000 people listening to us as mm. we talk. Some of them are VPs and want to be EVPs or CROs or whatever. And then all the way trickling down to there's going to be a lot of, there'll be some individuals that want to become sales leader. You just put me in my hot tub time machine, Katie. And you took <laughs> me, you took me back, I don't know, eight years ago when I was leading a team. And I remember one of my reps came and sat down for our one-on-one and he like, he just looked at me, he leaned forward and he kind of hit the table a bit. He goes, I need to give more than just sales to this company. I have more to offer than just that. And in my mind, I'm like, you're nowhere near ready. I don't want you leading anybody else. You, like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Like sometimes I worry about you talking to a customer, right? <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm ready to have your influence, but I hadn't had that conversation and I wasn't sure what to say. Okay. Yeah. Because it was a really, like I was unexpected of this, but he was so certain. Right. Yes. And yeah. it ended up, he ended up quitting and then he bounced like five or six times because he has this perception. He thinks he's ready, but other people see him differently. Why? That's hard. I think perception is an interesting challenge in all parts of our life. I mean, we look in the mirror and we want to see a, a lion or a tiger when sometimes it's a kitty cat. And, but we also like, we want to have a good self-impression. I, I think of the fun house mirrors that you look at them. Some of them make you look fat. Some of them make you look thin. Some make you look tall. How do you have the right perception? How do you, how do you do that? Like, that's a really tough thing to accomplish. I think. It is. It's super tough. And, and Hey, I've worked with my fair share of individuals, like exact same scenario that you just outlined where they're saying, Hey, I'm ready for a leadership position. And I think I should be a manager. I think I should be a director. And I'm saying, uh, I don't think you're quite there yet. I Especially think- with your third one. I'm just going to interrupt you. And then I promise I'll shut up because I'm really interested. Your third <laughs> one is limiting beliefs. They're like juxtaposed. I want to, like, I want to look in the mirror and see a lion. And I, yeah. but, I, but, but I better not have a limiting belief that says I'm a kitty cat. Like that's totally. a really interesting juxtapose. Like h- how do you go? How do you reconcile that? Yeah. Well, and it, it's all about self-awareness to me. And it's, it's true. You, you see people like I see individuals who I'm kind of like pushing to leadership. Yeah. And they're the limiting belief people. And then yeah. there's others that are saying I'm ready. And I'm saying like, actually it's same to your point. Uh, I don't think I want you training other people to do what you do. I think if you can establish a really strong trust relationship with a mentor, your boss, a coach, whoever that might be, that's a really good first step at getting that self-awareness and, and really being honest about it. So, you know, for example, when I was 
thinking about throwing the towel in, I reached out to an executive coach that I had worked with and I didn't say, Hey, do you think I should quit my career? What I said was, I really respect your opinion. I'm thinking of making a career change. I want you to be just completely honest with me. I want your, your feedback. I don't want, I don't want any sugarcoating. I just want direct feedback from you because that's what I'm looking for. And so individuals who are in this position, I think, you know, one of the key elements is, is really being able to ask for that and honestly wanting it because lots of people ask for feedback and they don't really want feedback. What they want is, you know, someone to tell, tell them how great they are. So, so being, you know, willing to accept that, that direct feedback and as a manager, being able to provide it in a kind way. So kind and direct, that's a a big, you know, mantra that I live by or kind candor, however you want to say it, but being able to deliver direct feedback with some kindness behind it so that people know this person cares about me. They care about my well-being. Um, and they're giving me this feedback. So, so I'm going to actually listen to that. Um, now the challenge happens when your boss doesn't know, right? Like, so, so if your boss, let's say, I mean, when I was a director, my boss was a CEO, he had never been a sales executive. And so I'm asking him, how do I become a VP sales? And he's saying to me, well, I'll know when you're there because, because he, and, and I believe he would have known, um, but it takes us a whole other level of skill and mastery to be able to say, you're here. These are the three things you need to do to get here. Mm. And, and so if, you know, one thing I tell people is if you're not getting that from your boss, look outside of your organization or outside of your team or whatever it is, but like, keep looking for that person who can give you that guidance. Because like what I did is I just kept asking the same person. <laughs> year after year and hoping for a different answer and that doesn't work. So, you know, it's, it's understanding, is this person going to be able to give me the guidance that I need? And if not, where can I go to find that? And there are lots of resources. There's people, there's, you know, there's online tools, there's books, there's, there's lots of stuff out there. Um, and so just taking that, that initiative yourself and going and looking for that information. Yeah. I think that's really an interesting point that, there's like two things you made me just think of, Katie. Uh, on the one side, it's sometimes, are you really willing to hear what you need to work on? Um, mm. Because I think I've seen it happen very commonly. I'm going back to that time that I was sharing with you. Um, one of the reasons I struggled with it is I didn't have a great trusting relationship because he was so self-serving. It was it when you're so self-serving, it can be hard sometimes because you feel like you're just getting into an argument over and over again. And maybe that sounds bad to say that. I don't mean that we were like yelling at each other. I just felt like I was always like being attacked. Why am I not promoted? Why am I not promoted? Why am I? Well, I've told you why not. You haven't changed that yet. You know what I'm saying? And on the other side though, this is also interesting. I have a lot of companies that talk to me and they tell me, Rob, we're scared of having growth potential conversations because we don't have a lot of promotion promotion opportunities here. You know, you know, people that get these jobs, they they don't cycle in and out of them fast. SDR cycle in and out of. We have some of these others that cycle in and out of, but these director positions, people that get them hold on to them for a while. And yeah. so people like don't like to have that conversation because they feel like it's gonna like put them in a spot where that they don't know what to say. Any any thoughts around that? Yeah. And I've seen this happen in companies as well. People, 
you know, there's nowhere for people to move up or companies are reluctant to allow people to move into other departments because it's, it's disruptive. And I always say, listen, if this is a high performing person, they're going to move up or they're going to move out. So you, you make that choice. And so, you know, generally speaking, I found that people are happy at a company when they feel like they're growing, they feel like they're developing, they feel like their career is progressing. And that might mean title change. It might mean moving into a a different uh, role. It could mean lots of things, right? So, you know, I would say, look at, look at all of the ways that you can contribute to your employees development. And it, maybe it means moving into that director position, but maybe it means something else. Maybe they're going to be happy if you're putting them in a leadership program, if you're getting them an executive coach or a leadership coach so that, Hey, this may be two to three years down the road for you, but we want to help set you up for success. I think that's really good. And you're right. Executive coaching is becoming a more and more normal, like perk that people should be able to have. Like, it's not weird to ask for that or get that anymore. I'm seeing that more and more and more often. And so I like that as I, as I'm looking at everything you've talked about on the one side, the people being willing to ask and get feedback and, and say, how do I get to become that person? I think that's the real question is what do I need to be becoming? And on the other side, you know, distinguishing between like, career path conversation and growth potential. Growth potential is different than career path. Growth potential is an interesting conversation that you should never be threatened by, right? We, mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what I, you're making me think of right now is this concept of choosing growth. Growth doesn't necessarily have to mean new company, new title, whatever. It could be new skills, new capabilities, et cetera. Any thoughts on, on why an individual should be choosing growth or how as a leader you help people choose growth? Yeah, well, one thing that I'm big on is future continuity. So if you want to be a VP sales or a director sales or whatever it might be, don't wait for that to start showing up. I like that. Right? So like, think about what does that mean to me? And when I look at these, like a sales leader that I really admire, what are the things that I admire about them? Okay, like maybe they're passionate. Maybe they're really professional. Maybe, maybe they're really strategic whatever it is, start working on those things now and start showing up in that way because it does two things. One, it allows you to, to focus on your own growth and focus on your own development, which just feels good. But two, you're setting yourself up to be that leader so that once a position comes up or an opportunity arises, you're going to be the person that they choose because you're already showing up in that way. Yeah, I think that is dead on. I, I'm thinking of one of the people I work with, gentlemen, that he's so worried about that director level title. Okay. Hmm. He's so worried about it. They made an organizational change and he got a few new opportunity responsibilities, but they didn't give him the title. Now, a lot of people listening to the show will say he should ask for that title. Well, he is. Okay. But what he's hearing, he doesn't want to hear. And I think this goes to what you brought up to start this whole thing. What he's hearing is he doesn't want to hear. It's we haven't made a decision to fill that. The person that wasn't there still is doing 90% of that job. And he's so worried about who gets that title. He's not asking the question, what do I need to do to be what you just said? The shoe and how do I become that person? So when that decision's made, it's obviously me. And so is there any like common areas that people struggle with like that self-perception? Are there like, I don't know, two or three things that you see quite often saying, yeah, this is a common place where people struggle with perception. Is there anything that's common? 
Yeah, yeah. There, so there okay, cool. I would say there's a. I would say the number one thing that I found that that you know that that influences the perception piece okay. is being perceived as strategic, Ooh. and this is an area where a lot of people struggle. I struggled with this moving up sort of the ladder because early in your career you are not rewarded for being strategic generally, right? You're rewarded for being a really strong executor. You're rewarded for like smashing the phones and building relationships and doing so all of that. So true, stuff, Katie. Right? So true. Yeah. And then suddenly you want to be a director. You want to be a VP and they're like, well, you're not, you're not very strategic. And sometimes I think people consciously think this and sometimes I think it's subconscious, but um, being, being someone who people see as strategic is something that will automatically make them see you as a leader. And so I, like I said, I've spent lots of time thinking about this in terms of like, okay, well, what does that even mean? Because when I was struggling with this, oh my gosh, I was like buying every book. I was like looking online and it just made me more confused. I was like, by the end, I'm like, I don't even think I know what strategic means anymore. And so when I really break it down, what does someone need to do in order for someone to see them as strategic? It comes down to three things for me. It comes down to having great insights, having good judgment, and framing things really well. And so if somebody can get really good at those three things, like they're bringing really interesting insights to their boss, they're bringing up, they're noticing, you know, holes in the current strategy, and they're, they're bringing those to the team, and they're using good judgment in terms of what stuff should I be bringing forth? What stuff should I not? How should we pivot our strategy? Um, and they're framing them well. And when, when I say framing them well, to me, it's the three C's. It's clear, concise, compelling. And that takes lots of practice, really. But it's something you can absolutely develop. So if you, you know, if you want to bring something to a group, writing it out, practicing it on people, seeing how it lands... Uh, well, are all things you can do to help you develop those things. And so in my mind, if people can get really good at that, they're absolutely going to see a difference in terms of people's impression of them and viewing them as strategic. That is gold. What you just said, that's gold. I, I think we got a lot of people that are nodding their heads as they have their headphones and listening to this show right now. I think that applies to someone who is already a vice, a VP, all the way down to someone who wants to be a leader. You're right. You are so right. Uh, we're rewarded for being tactical. And I, I think that one of the reasons that people get into challenges is they have a misunderstanding of what the role is of a mm. sales leader. The role is not to just simply go hit the number that the team needs you to hit. That's not the role. Uh, the sales leader can't do that. The reps, the salespeople have to get the deals done. They have the outcome role. Our yeah. job is to create this environment where they can do that and give them and help them grow and develop all these things that you already know. But when we have people that have a tactical role, when they hit that leadership, they don't show that they can do that other thing. And I think you're dead. I've never thought of it that way. It's brilliant. It makes total sense. I love your three things, insights, judgments, and framing things. Can we, can we talk about frameworks for a minute? Is that okay? Yeah, for sure. When you talk about framing, I've thought for a long time that frameworks are better than playbooks. Um, mm. because playbooks are about scripts and, uh, you know, mm. do it like this and frameworks give you, these are the things we need to be concerned about. And people can still have a lot of their autonomy, but they, they're focused. When you say frameworks, what are you talking about? How, how can someone be strategic in how they frame things? 
Yeah. I mean, to me, in terms of effective communication, framing is almost everything, right? Because you can bring a situation to your boss or the leadership team or whoever, and depending on how you frame it for them, you're going to see success or you're not going to see success. And, and, and I would always know, like, I know to this day, if I bring something to someone and, and they kind of go, ah, are you sure that's a good idea? And they're kind of poking holes in it. That tells me like instantly, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, I didn't frame that right. So then I go back to the drawing board. And so when I see something that's framed really well, typically takes, first of all, a top-down approach, right? Like don't build up to the punchline. And a lot of people just habitually speak that way. Uh. They're like, yeah, so I want to do this thing. And they start giving you all these details. And as a leader, your brain is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so when they get to the punchline, you're just like, that took too long. I, my brain feels frustrated. And so that's like the first mistake that people make. It's like, they don't start with the punchline, right? They, they do this big buildup. They talk like they're talking to their buddy. Why do you think that is? I think you are right. But tell me why you think that is. I, Cause I hope this is another time where you got 30,000 people nodding their heads going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause you got me doing that, you know? Um, I mean, I think part of it is, is the way we just naturally speak to people like in our casually in our own lives. Um, I think part of it and, and not to bring this in, but, um, Myers-Briggs types. So that's something that I spent a lot of time studying earlier in my career. So if you're an N type, that means that, and Myers-Briggs is just, uh, it's a personality type. It's four letters for people that don't know, um, and so N means you're uh, intuitive and S means you're sensing. So you're one or the other. If you're an N type, you tend to be a big picture thinker. You might be more visionary. Um, and if you are, yeah, if you're sensing, you're going to be like super process, super detail oriented. I think it's important to note that only 15% of the population are N types. Okay. Mm-hmm. 85 is S. Wow. And, I didn't if, know that. and in, in leadership, N types are way overrepresented. So, so this is first, just give you a little clue as to, you know, because if you think about it, a lot of great leaders are, they're big picture thinkers. And another thing that's true is any topic that you don't know about, you're probably going to respond better to if it's, if someone explains it with a top-down approach, it's just easier, like cognitive load on your brain, right? Like if I walk in and I say, you know, Hey, Today, we're going to talk about sales, next level down. We have an issue with X, next level down. Like that's easy for your brain to understand. Whereas if I come in and I say, hey, Judy was talking to this customer and this happened and blah, 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 blah. It just instantly creates like a lot of a significant cognitive load and it's harder for you to process. So whether you're an N type or an S type. Um, and so I think those are two, two areas that definitely impact it. Um, and I think it's, the last one is if we're just not always intentional about the way we communicate. Like if I come to tell you a story, I might not always be thinking, okay, what's the best way for me to frame this so that it's easily understood. And so I'm just going, you know, from my perspective, which is I already know everything that's happening in my brain. And so I kind of just like spew it out. (laughs) Right. So it's just like adding some intentionality. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just processing all this. I really like the way you think. (laughs) I really like this. And I, I think, this by itself, like being seen as strategic. How do I get seen as strategic? I, I think this applies whether you have the leadership job or not. Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. I, I think this applies to everyone. And 
And so I want to go back and like I start with frameworks because I, I love frameworks. And so we could have probably had a whole show on that, but yeah. I want to jump back up to insights for a second. Hmm. I, I really think that's an easy way for people that may not have that perception. I mean, it may not have that position to be seen or perceived as, oh, wow, they're more, you know, they're more than just a good salesperson. They're more than just a quota hitter. Yeah. And so I, I, I listened to what you said. And the note I took down is like, what did you notice is what you said first. Mm. And so people that want to get promoted, I'm trying to, to implement and, and have it be actionable. We need to become professional noticers, right? We have to be noticers of salespeople. We got to connect to things that people care about and be able to find those things. We, if you want to be promoted, you got to be a professional noticer. And it's now, instead of just having insights to what makes you have sales, what are the things that might give us impact on a larger scale? Is that what you're meaning on, on being yeah, a notice? Absolutely. I and mean, it could be anything, right? So it could be that you really understand your job very well. And so you're saying, hey, I've noticed that like ABC has worked really well for me. It's allowed me to increase my close rate from 30% to 50%. And it's allowed me to increase my deal size, you know, by 20%. Even bringing something like that to your boss and saying, this is what I've realized. I think that other people can implement this strategy as well. Think about, think about the value that you're bringing there, right? And so it's like, get out of your own head. Like, yes, we're all concerned with our own number. Or your own, you're concerned with your own stuff. But when you're sharing this and you're, you're, you're taking, you know, maybe, maybe data or observations in your day-to-day life and you're turning them more into like a theme that, hey, this is something that everyone can do. Um, that's going to be seen as an insight or, uh, looking again, like at, it could be looking more broadly at the sales org, at the company org, like, Hey, I noticed in our, in our town halls, uh, you know, it's this kind of vibe. People seem to be responding really well to this. Like, what are some thoughts on that? It could be anything. Right. And anytime you bring something forward, that's valuable, you're going to get noticed. And so for me, it's like what I always tell people, especially people who are new to leadership, whether it's a manager position or a director position or even a team lead position, I say, carve out time in your calendar for this. Because yes, you as you become more natural at this, you're just going to get insights on the fly. But if you're not in practice, it's going to be a little bit harder for you. So I say block off calendar time just for thinking and think about what are the biggest problems we're facing? What are some solutions to that? What are our big goals? How do I think we're tracking to those? Like any of that stuff, you know, get in the data, whatever that looks like. Um, and if you're scheduled back to back to back meetings all day long with interruptions and Slack notifications, guess what? You're probably not having a lot of insights, right? Because your brain's just already overloaded. And so I say like schedule uninterrupted time, block your calendar, go somewhere quiet and just think. Yeah, uh, this this, I don't even want to talk about too many other things right now, Katie, this idea of being more strategic, the more I think about it, the more dead on, I think you are, I think you're right on. Um, because we've all heard, let's go down to the very first promotion to go from salesperson to sales manager. Hmm. We've all heard promoting the top salesperson is often a big mistake. We've all heard that, right. Hmm. For many reasons, uh, one you don't want to lose the you don't want to lose production. Another, the things that made them successful may not make them successful as they're leading other people. Yes. Same thing though, when you have that direct that manager job, want to go to director, it may not be enough to just feel like, hey, I can herd cats because big companies, you know, they have guardrails that say 
you know, don't get outside of here and don't get outside of here. Just keep your team in those guardrails. The bigger the yeah. company, the more they have guardrails and they're designed to try and just keep people from screwing up. And, and so that's not being strategic. I'm just like following the rules. You're yeah. right. If you want to get promoted, you can't be someone who just did what you were asked to do. That's not good enough, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think people tend to think like, okay, I'm a manager and I'm really, I'm really executing well at being a super strong manager. Therefore, why can't, why aren't you, why aren't you bringing me up a level? And it's like, well, this is a totally different job. <laughs> so being a good manager, it's the same thing. It's like being a good salesperson might not make you a good manager. Being a good manager might not make you a good director. Being a good manager just means you know, you're executing well on the plan that's been provided to you. You're building good relationships with your team. You're probably doing some good coaching um, or, you know, um, like call shadowing or whatever it looks like in your organization. But the step to director is, is a big one and beyond, right? Because then it's like, well, now we actually expect you to think in a different way. Yeah, you're, the word you've given me, you've given me three awesome words, insights, judgments, and framing. This insights deal. I can see why you led with that. Right. I mean, because insights was what starts the whole thing. And then you show judgment on what of those insights you bring forward and then framing things in a way that people say, yes, why aren't we doing it? It's, it's it's really, really smart. It's really, it's brilliant. And it's something that everyone can do. Um, Any advice? Like I loved your get rid of the top down. Uh, Don't like, it's just like a salesperson. You don't want to like build, build, build and have all this like can I get the clothes kind of thing? Like when we yeah. kind of build up to the clothes, it almost never works because there's too much pressure on everyone and you waste their time. I love how you said with a leader, get to the point fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're bouncing all over the place. Cause this is all like my head is swirling around this idea of being more strategic. So yeah. thanks. Thanks for putting up with my, my business ADD on this one. Um, any final thoughts on being more strategic? Cause I'd love to get another, another perception thing from if you got it, but this strategic one, Man, if all our listeners did was say, I'm going to be perceived as more strategic, mm-hmm. all of their careers will take a, a turn for the better. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I really do. And, and like I said, I believe that it's a perception problem, but you have to keep in mind that your boss doesn't think it's a perception problem. They think it's a skill deficit, right? Okay, so let's explore that for a minute. What yeah. do you mean when you say that? That's really well, also insightful, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think as a, as a leader, we don't say the problem is that this person's probably great and I just don't perceive them that way. Right. Right. As a leader, we're saying you're not there yet. And so you just have to keep that in mind and say, okay, this, you know, if your boss already has this perception of you, it might be a bit of a, a long game to start working this, right? Like you're going to start bringing things forward. You're going to slowly start to change their opinion. Every time you bring a really interesting insight, every time you have a great idea and you frame it perfectly and everyone goes, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why aren't we doing that? You're going to just gain a little bit more credibility, but it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like you're not going to bring one idea and then they go, oh yeah, this guy's amazing. Let's make him our new, you know, chief revenue officer. It's going to take some time. And so I, you know, I think that for me, as soon as I had this realization, it's something I've, I've just always been conscious of for the rest of my career. Um, you know, how am I, how am I communicating? Am I intentional about the way I'm communicating with people? Am I framing things in an, in a, in an impactful way? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, uh, 
it's one of those things, just keep working on it. And I guess the last piece is if you do find you're at the point where, you know what, these people have made up their mind about me. They see me as a sales guy, or they see me as a manager and it doesn't matter what I do. They're just not going to see me as anything else. Then you have to ask yourself the hard question. What does this mean for my career? Right. Is this the place that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to get to the next level here? Um, and for me, I, I realized I wasn't right. Like, you know, when I was a director after, after lots of thinking and working and, and reflecting and all kinds of stuff, I came to the realization. I'm like, you know what? It's not going to happen for me here. So how important is this to me? <laughs> right? Like how important is this title? How important is this next step? And I decided it's, it's important. I want to, I want to do this. And so I decided to make a move. Um, but you know, I, I, I always say like that time that I spent where, yes, it was frustrating, did so much to develop me and did so much to create like all of this strategic thinking and everything else that I ended up developing. So it was, it was a blessing in disguise. But I want to emphasize something. I want to make sure I heard you right. It was a blessing because you actually did something about it. You grew, yeah. you filled, you didn't just sit there and say, these people aren't taking me seriously. You actually yeah. did. Cause I think that's one of the places that people might be. They say, Hey, I like, again, I go back to, what you said, I've done my job. I've hit my number. What's the next challenge. Yes. Well, the next challenge might be, you got to develop a couple skills before you can take the, take the next positional challenge. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I, like I tell people this all the time, like your career is long. Like you want to be a VP. If you really want to be a VP and you're going to work at it, you're probably going to get there. Like realistically, right? Like your career is long. I think the problem is a lot of people are like, I'm 29 and I'm not a VP yet. I'm like, well, you know, once you get to the top, there's nowhere else to go. So take your time, learn lots of stuff so that when you get there, you're the best executive you can be. It's easier said than done, right? It's always easy to say, you know, now that I'm old, I can be, I can tell people your career is long, take your time. Um, Yeah. We have about 10 minutes left and there's one thing we haven't talked about that I'd, lo- I'd love to get your take on because I know it fits. Mm-hmm. I just want, we've talked a lot about, I love your perception of being strategic. Okay. There's a lot of people who just want to be strategic, but they don't get to go anywhere because they can't execute. What's the role of execution along with this? Because I don't want people to leave this show saying, all I got to do is go act strategic and then good things are going to happen. Yes. I'm confident you're going to tell me that execution has a role in this. Oh my, yes, yes, of course. So, I mean, I'm, I, as a leader, I am like an operational leader. I'm a big believer that execution is, is everything. You can have the perfect strategy. And if you don't execute well on it, you have a failed business. Right, way too many people that are big talkers and not big doers. Yeah. That's uh, why I asked not, the question. It is truly my pet peeve, and I'm going to say this. This is controversial. Usually, I put those people in biz dev. <laughs> 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 Anything is possible in biz dev. No, I'm, I'm half kidding, but that is Only my pet half. Peeve. Only yeah. half. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it is. It's it's hugely important to be a strong executor, and so yeah, a lot of this advice is for people who are already strong executors. And then are not getting to the next level. Uh, if you're not a strong executor, that is number one, right? Because we got to get things done. And there's almost nothing more frustrating to me as when you're working with another senior leader and they they can't seem to do anything, right? Well, like the only thing they do is draw a, a really cool diagram. Yeah. And that's impressive, but I'm like, okay, but like you really need your team to set up this meeting or 
you know, do this thing. I'm like, <laughs> we're That's all what I'm thinking. I've seen a lot of really cool frameworks and seen people frame things <laughs> in really compelling ways. Yeah. But the question is, that's what I think for me, when I've promoted people or when I've built organizations, can this person get this done? Can, can she do it? And if the answer is yes, then yes, give her the job. If, if he can't, then no, we've got to develop something else. And, yeah. and I think that goes to that perception. I think one of the things I'm thinking as I talked to you, we started with, I loved how you said it. We were rewarded earlier in our career for what we could do. And then if we're not seeing strategic, that can hold us back. That doesn't mean that we have to stop doing. We still use those doing skills. Now, instead of getting a customer to do something, we have to get individuals on our team to do things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it is a common misperception that people, people think, you know, once you get to a certain level, you're, you're not doing anything anymore. Right. And, and I, I always really respect people who are strategic and are not afraid to execute, not afraid to get their hands dirty, because to me, those people are like the true powerhouses. Yeah. Um, and, and another, so we didn't really talk about this, but it is another important skill once you get to that level is just this ability of being able to take a strategy and then translate that to an executable plan. Because you got to keep in mind, the people under you are probably executors. Right. So yes, you want to have strategic insights. Yes. You want to be able to like sort of manage up and sell ideas to your leadership team and all of that stuff. But then once they say, yes, now you got to go back to your team and say, okay, I have this idea. How do I get all of these pieces moving the right way? Who's doing what, how am I, how am I selling them on this idea? And it's going to be, it's going to be very different framing. Right. Um, and so I think that being able to really work on that skill, once you're there, once you're in that leadership position, but being able to take a strategy, create like a really, you know, fine-tuned executable plan that your team can then go do. And I think that the hardest part of that sometimes is knowing what good looks like. Um, yeah. I, I, I continue to see that, that clarity is the catalyst of speed. And if we can have people have clarity in role or clarity in task or clarity in whatever, confusion or ambiguity is the enemy of speed because you've got to figure stuff out still. But clarity, so to me, if you're going to be strategic and we're going to frame things, et cetera, I think it has to be built on top of clarity. I love that so much because, and I, because I witness this all the time, um, where, you know, someone will walk away from a meeting and they're not super clear. They're not feeling clear on like what's actually expected of me. Part of the challenge is that if if it's me, I'm not afraid to ask stupid questions. I don't care. I'll say, Hey, I don't, you know, what exactly do you want? Do you want this, this, and this, or do you want that? And what's the timeframe? But what I've seen with some newer leaders, they don't want to look stupid. And so they don't want to ask those questions. And so they'll walk away people are not completely aligned and maybe things aren't crystal clear. And what happens is like lots of wasted effort, lots of wasted time and lots of frustration. So that's a, I love that you made that point. Yeah. I, I think that that's something that if you can, I'm, I'm trying to synthesize everything you said, tell me if I got this right, be good in the role you have. I think that matters. Be good where you are. Number two. And so that's that tactical part you talked about that being rewarded for what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Be strategic and think, you know, I love the, one of the things I wrote that I put in quotes that you should be able to go to your boss and say, I've noticed that dot, dot, dot. I've yeah. noticed that dot, 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 you know, become this professional noticer. I like it. Put it into something that frames it, 
back it with clarity and uh, on what's to be done, what's to be expected, who does what, when, how, you know, what good looks like, how we measure success. Um, that's a pretty nice system for leveling yourself up. Mm-hmm. And I've found that if you do that in a way where you're this good team member that adds to the environment, promotions are inevitable. You don't have to go hunt them down. They're just inevitable. Am am I being too, am I being like too simplified on that? No, I don't think so. I mean, to me, when I've seen individuals who have brought really interesting insights to me and brought that value, the first thing I think is, okay, next leadership position, this person put shoe in, right? Because as a, you know, as a leader, it is so valuable to have to have these things, you know, highlighted for us that when you make yourself invaluable in that way, yeah, I agree with you. I think promotions are inevitable. You're not going to be fighting for it. All right. We got three or four minutes left. So I want to do our rapid fire questions and then I want to give people access on how to get more of you and and connect with you. And then I want to give you like the, like the final bow on it, like your final thoughts. So that's what we're going to do. Three, two, one. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Three questions. Biggest leadership challenge, sales leadership challenge you're seeing right now, and how do you beat it? I would say it is turnover. Um, and I would say, how do you beat it? Be the 1% of companies who are really, really investing in people and care about them and investing in wellness. And those are the companies that people are not leaving. And what I like is you're not talking about just investing in their skills. You said wellness. So mm-hmm. it's the whole person, not just the salesperson. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Number two, you've built your share of companies. You help companies build their companies. When you're building teams, is there like an interview question or concept that you really like or as a go-to? And, and when you leverage that concept or question, what are you looking for? Yeah, great question. I would say one of the top things I look for in a salesperson is curiosity, right? I think that that is, is an underrated uh, sort of trait because it helps people get anywhere. We talked about this earlier, lead with curiosity, right? So, um, and so to how me- How do you do that? How do you ask that? What, like, yeah, do that? I, I don't ask a specific question. I have a conversation with them and Got I it. see how they interact with me. Are they asking me questions? When I say something, do they dig a level deeper? Do they really want to know? And as I see, when I see people with that natural cur- curiosity, I'm generally pretty comfortable that they're going to do well. Cool, I love that. Last one. Leaders uh, never stop trying to grow. The great leaders just don't ever stop growing. And sometimes what that means is leaders are readers. Is there a book that you'd recommend that our, our listeners get their hands on? And I don't care if it's an audible or a page turner, or even if it's something in bite-sized chunks, like a blog or a, a podcast, is there anything that you'd recommend to our listeners? Well, I mean, this podcast, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of old school. I like the like crossing the chasm and yeah. inside the tornado yeah. book. Jeffrey Moore, good stuff. I, I really love them because they're, yes, they're old, but to me, they are tried and true. And a wow. lot of the strategic conversations I have, I come back to them like again and again, I come back to the technology adoption life cycle and who are we targeting and how are we doing it? So to me, if someone wants to get started on, you know, moving into leadership and understanding sales strategy, I typically point them in that direction. I think you're doing them a service when you do that. You're right. Those are tried and true. Those are things that they're not going to let you down. So I love that you suggested those. Thank you. So how do people get more of you? Like, this has been awesome. I can't believe that we just burned up 
over 45 miles that fast. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised if that makes sense. <laughs> you're awesome. I love your passion. I love your insights. You're clearly awesome on what you do. How do people follow you? How do people pick up what you're putting down? How do they reach out to you if they've, if they want your help and any of the things you help people do? Yeah. So, um, I post, I've started this year posting content on LinkedIn every day. So I post tons of free content that people can consume and it has lots to do with leadership and getting to the next level. So people should absolutely, um, if you want to hear more about this type of stuff, follow me on LinkedIn. Cause Hey, it's free, free information. And it's under just my name, Katie McPhee. Um, and you'll know it's me cause I've got like a pink banner in the background that says insights to action, which is the name of my company. Um, so yeah, so follow me there for, for free stuff. And then, um, I'm also doing lots of stuff in terms of my business. So I do one-on-one coaching. Um, I'm going to be doing some corporate leadership programs. So if you are like a, a senior leader and you want to develop like people earlier in their career at your company, like I can do group, group programs for that. Um, I'm just, I'm starting to do negotiation workshops. So lots of stuff there. So that's all on my website. So if you're curious, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to have a call with someone and they can learn more about me. I can learn more about them, see if it's a fit. Um, so yeah, my website or LinkedIn are the two best ways. Awesome. I'm going to tell you guys, ever all of our listeners, I follow Katie and, and she does, she has great stuff. All right, Katie, this has been amazing. We've gone longer than I told you would go. I want to thank you for, you know, giving us so much of your time. Any final thoughts? We've got a lot of people listening to you, taking notes to you, hitting rewind or Backspacing, you know, 30 seconds on their on their phone as they're walking their dog or whatever they're listening to you. Any final thoughts to people as they're looking to say, how do I take where I am and go up a notch? I, you know, we talk all the time on this show about coaching the people you lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we very rarely have spoken about how do you take your career up a notch. And so that's why I was so excited to bring this to so many. I believe you've given great insights. Any final thoughts today? Just that I know we, we covered lots of stuff. We had a really awesome conversation. I've enjoyed this so much. Um, if people are feeling overwhelmed, I just want to say, don't worry. Like just having some intentionality in the way that you are developing yourself, in the way that you're communicating with people, that's going to be your first step, right? And as you do this more and more, it's like a muscle. So it gets easier and easier. I don't even really think about this stuff anymore. Whereas I'm going to say five years ago, I thought about this stuff a lot. So, um, you know, it gets easier, it becomes natural and, uh, and it's, it's maybe not as daunting as it, as it may seem as we've talked through some topics. All right. Her name is Katie McPhee. She's helping sales leaders all around the world become more strategic and as a result, advance their careers. Uh, she does it through a couple of ways that every one of you can implement. My advice to you is to reach out to her. My advice to you is to follow her. And the final thing I'll say, Katie, is thank you so much for helping so many people today. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders, you've got really great sales process, some really great sales tools, and and sales training that you're really proud of. But you've been left on your own to figure out your sales leadership stuff, your sales leadership tools. You haven't been given very much sales leadership training. And most of the time, we're left on our own to figure it out. And 
it's a fact that that's not the best way to win. And so while there's no shortcuts to leadership success, I can tell you that you will get there faster if you take the most direct route. And that's why I created Sales Leadership United as a resource center for every sales leader, no matter how long you've been leading teams. Listen, if you like the content of this podcast, you're going to like the sales leadership content in our community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. You can find it on Patreon. And I want you to think of it like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this episode and all of our podcasts in three to five minute segments. They're all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your leadership journey. You'll get my very best sales leadership content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, a whole bunch of sales meeting ideas that are ready to go, leadership systems, coaching systems, much, much more. Listen, you'll find everything you need there for about the cost of lunch. So don't go try to reinvent sales leadership. Tap into the proven training and techniques that are used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world and head to Sales Leadership United. I can't wait to see you there. Now, I also want to thank each of you, our listeners. Man, the show, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. It's, it's, it's cracked 35,000 uh, subscribers. We, our, our March was the biggest ever. April's going to be bigger again. The show's growing faster and faster. It's mind-boggling to me um, that so many leaders all around the world are listening to it. And many of you have told me that you've listened to every one of the over 180 episodes now. So I just want to thank you because there is no show without you. I do this because I love the sales leadership community. I'm grateful that so many of you find the show helpful. I, I love hearing from you. So keep the DMs coming. Keep the questions coming. Keep the recommendations for other guests coming. Um, your support of the show is humbling. But it's also inspiring. And I'll keep bringing those killer guests to you each week. Now, I think I'm the luckiest dude ever. I'm super fortunate. I have the best job in the world. I get to work with sales leaders who have made the decision that they want to grow. They want to create impact. They want to be elite. And we talk about a ton of things when we work together. It's not just how do we coach better or how do we get more production out of our team. We, we talk about that, but that's not, that's not the only thing. We talk about a lot of things. Because there's so many things that go into being a great sales leader. And, and that's one of the reasons that's so challenging is very few people get taught what, what good looks like. Um, a recent study came out where, there, where high-performing companies were compared to average-performing companies. And one of the questions is, how good are we at showing you what good looks like? And the elite companies with elite performance, it was like 94%. We know what good looks like. But on average, only a third of leaders or a third of salespeople feel like they know what, what good looks like. And so it's not uncommon to have people be frustrated. And that's why I was so excited to talk to Katie today. It's not uncommon for a client um, to tell me that they want to get promoted. They want to go from rep to manager. They want to go from manager to director. They want to go from director to VP. I want to go from VP to C-level. Will you help me prepare for an interview? Can you help me by blah, 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 blah. There's tons of them. And right now I'm working with several of these people. I got a lot of people that it's just in the, I want to get promoted stuff. And, and it's taking a ton of time. One of them in particular is so obsessed with it that it's dominated our last couple of coaching sessions. And it's actually getting in the way of him doing his current job as well as he can. And we talked about that this week. In fact, it's been so much of a distraction that his boss called me. Um, he doesn't know it. I'm not going to tell him that. Um, to talk about how he, the boss, can lead this manager better. Because the person is just so consumed with going from manager to director. 
So I know some of you listening are going to benefit from Katie's insights immediately because you're working on becoming more prepared and, and being seen as someone who's ready for this next step. And you're going to also have people that you lead that have that same concern. They're going to want to be promotable. They're going to be talking to you about how do you help them get promoted? How do you help them advance in their career? How do you have these things happen? And so you're going to have people that have these concerns. And that's why I was so glad we had Katie on the show to take on this topic. Because it's a big one for every single one of us. I love her three reasons why you don't get promoted. I hope everyone wrote those three things down. Skill, perception, limiting belief. Because you can address each of those very intentionally. And you can help those you lead address each of those very intentionally as well. And I think you need to for yourself and for the people you lead. But I think... I haven't stopped thinking about one thing more than any other, and I'm gonna. I gotta wrap this. I know that this is, this can, this could be a whole other podcast on its own. I'm so interested in what she said. She said the number one thing she pointed to relative to perception is, are you being seen as strategic? I hope that got your attention because I wrote that down. I've talked about it with a number of my clients. I have not stopped thinking about that one. How do you be seen as strategic instead of tactical? Because we're rewarded for our tactical work. We aren't often rewarded for our strategic uh, stuff unless it's being seen as, am I a leader? Am I promotable? So I've, I've, I've always talked to the leaders I work with about, hey, we got to demonstrate how we have impact in our own role when we have our, like an individual contributor. And then we have to demonstrate that we can have impact at the team level. And then we have to have impact at the regional level. If you're structured that way, ultimately organizational impact. So, I think that applies to what she said. You need to be having thoughts around how am, I, how am I able to show organizational impact. Start having those thoughts. Start thinking about those things because it's easy to fall into the trap of being a tactical executor and then getting pigeonholed. Because Katie's right. If you're seen as strategic, you will be seen as a leader. And this is something you can do for yourself and it's something you can do with the people you lead. So you should ask yourself, what insights do you bring? Do you show good judgment in the things you focus on? Can you frame the things you discuss so they are clear, they are concise, they are compelling? I think a good place for us to start is to be a, I've got my air quotes going here, a professional observer, a noticer. Katie shared something that will help make that easy. A good thing to be saying is start with something like this. I've noticed that dot, dot, dot. What are you noticing? Be a noticer. There are so many places you can practice this. Try it in your one-on-ones. You know, I hope you're following the plan, discuss, commit framework that I recommend to people. In the discuss portion, prepare yourself to use the I've noticed that const, you know, that that construct. I've noticed that dot dot dot. Do that two to three times. This is something that will lead to good dialogue if you get good at it because it's based on your observations. And then ask your reps to do the same thing. Have them come with what they've noticed. What are their I've noticed that dot, dot, dot moments. This is going to help you and those you lead become more insightful. In fact, I think Katie's insights will help you build a better environment as a result where your reps can thrive. And if they intentionally become more insightful, they use better judgment and they frame better, they're going to have better impact with their customers, with their colleagues, and they're going to become more promotable. So everyone's going to benefit long before a promotion ever comes. So learn to be seen as strategic. It will help you as you manage up and it will help you as you lead up. So if you want to go to that next level as a sales leader, go back and take some good notes from Katie. Develop those skills. Build the way you're perceived. Get rid of limiting beliefs. And she mentioned several times how important a coach was to her. That's a great way for us to finish because she's right. 
I've hired coaches to help me. I have a couple right now. Every top performer I know of has hired coaches to help them. Ask your company to get you a coach. Executive coaching is a very hot thing right now. Some of the people I work with have two to three coaches at a time for very specific things. But I think that is an important part of this conversation of Katie is for you to go back and realize a lot of her growth came because she went to coaches. She didn't sit around and wait for things to come her way. And she didn't make the assumption that she had all the goods already. She got people to help her, to be very direct with her, to help her see herself as others see her, which can be really tough to do. In fact, those are my favorite people I work with. When they reach out to me on their own, it's not something their company's doing. That They're doing it themselves. Um, I think Katie's blueprint will help you get unstuck in your career, okay? So don't get frustrated. Get after it. Develop yourself because you're in charge of your development. You're in charge of your career. And you're going to be the one who gets yourself there. So my advice is to surround yourself with people who are in your corner, not just in your circle. Because I've experienced what having the right people helping you can do for you. And I've seen people that choose to build themselves make things happen in their careers faster than most would ever think possible. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so grateful that you would share your insights on this important topic. Your thoughts are spot on and I hope our listeners apply your suggestions for themselves and to those they lead. And if you haven't connected with Katie, be sure to do so. She's a fantastic sales leader and one who is excited to help others if they ever reach out. So reach out to her. Connect with her. She's starting a new firm around this. She would love to talk to you. I I highly recommend her. And follow her advice on how you can be seen as something more than just tactical. She's someone who has a killer framework on how to become a better version of you. So give it a try and start implementing it today. Finally, Thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me continue to get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give me is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't worry. Just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.